Talking about the things that matter most to you. Today's Catholic Women. Catholic Women Now with Julie Nelson and Chris McGruder is underwritten by Fred Haas. Over 30 years helping injured Iowans recover losses from accidents and work-related injuries. Fred Double D, Haas Double A. Learning Rx, finding the right solution to give your child a foundation that can last a lifetime. And Farm Bureau agent Cindy Schulte, a licensed representative of Blue Cross Blue Shield of Iowa. CindySchulte.com. Welcome in, everybody, to Catholic Women Now, and we're so glad you chose this morning to spend the next half hour with us. I'm Chris Magruder. And I'm Julie Nelson, and I'm excited about our guest today. We have Barbara Heil coming back. She was here two weeks ago talking about walking with God and being in agreement with Him and overcoming the lies that we are that we swallow. And today we're talking about spiritual adoption. Now, maybe many of you have heard that term, but what really is it and how do we live that out? Right. And, you know, that's one of those terms Julie and I talk about. There's a lot of Catholic terms or even Christian terms that a lot of people go, I really don't know what that is. And right. I don't have a big theological degree. So we're going to get into that. And um, and it's 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 not that difficult. It's you, actually very simple. And it's something that we all need to understand. And you don't have to have a theological degree. That's right. So you that's the not. beautiful part about all this. You so. do not. Should we start with prayer yeah, first? Absolutely. So? Let's do. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so I don't usually talk about personal things on the air, but I just can't contain myself today because our oldest son is getting married this weekend, so I'm getting really Yay! excited. And Congratulations. I wanna, the first you. marriage in your family, yes, right? Yes, our first wedding. And I want to give a shout-out to my future daughter-in-law, Anna, because she does listen to the show. And so I want to just say, well, Anna, welcome to our family. Yay. We're so, so excited. She's going to be a beautiful bride. Yes, oh, yes. So. that is so it's, God bless you all. That'll be such, it's I, so wonderful to see, you know, strong Catholics coming together and celebrating a sacrament of marriage. Yes, there is. And all I can say is I had a wise mother tell me when my kids were little to start praying for them, for their future vocation, their future spouse. And I tell you, do it. I mean, prayer got so answered for oh you. Oh my huh? gosh, the blessings that come from that. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, I've been doing it. I, I'm just waiting, though. Yeah, I'm well, just waiting. Sure. Yeah, so, there that's you. right. It will happen soon. I know. Yeah. I know. Well, and then I'll be wishing that <laughs> and I. Then she'll be crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've been tearing up thinking about it. So oh, I've enjoyed, yeah. it'll be a blessing because yeah. now you've got another daughter. Yep, tears of joy. Yay. Tears of joy. Yeah. Well, December seventh, we've got the dinner in December coming, and we have mm-hmm. Dr. Ray Grandy who's going to speak for us at Embassy Suites at six thirty that night. If you are wanting some tickets, you can still call and get tickets to that. I just purchased mine this morning. And you can so. go online to reserve your spot at yes. iowacatholicradio.com. Yes. So we hope to see you there. Yeah, maybe you can sit with me at my table. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't buy a table. I'm just going to go random and see who, who they seat me with. I'm mm. excited about that. <laughs> That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So if I decide to go, which I am, I could end up sitting next to Chris you McGregor. You could. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know if that's a big Sign deal, but okay. Well, yeah, that's a, yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should uh, raffle that off here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I'm eating some humble pie, friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, let's get into the Alicia article um, by Meg Hunter. You wanna... Yes. Well, this is November and, and, and we celebrate All Saints Day at the beginning of November. So we thought we'd try to mention some interesting saints that maybe you've not heard about. And this is a saint that I just recently found out about and his he's Chinese so it's Saint <laughs> Mark it. Jean Tian 
Tianzing. And the interesting thing about him is he was an opium addict and he became a saint. His story is very interesting. He was um, raised in a Christian family in the 19th century China, and he was a leader in his Christian community, and he was a physician. Well, he came down with a very... And he was a well-off physician. Yes, yeah, he was. Yeah. Yes. And he came down with a stomach ailment, and so he treated it with opium, which was what they did at the time. But however, he did become addicted to it, and that became quite the um, the 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 difficult difficulty. I mean, he struggled at all all yeah, his life. His situation really deteriorated, and then he continued to fight his addiction with frequent confession and everything. And unfortunately. Um, because he kept going back with the same sin, there was a priest that just said, you know, quit coming back. You really don't have the desire to be healed of your sin. And unfortunately, they didn't mm. understand. Yeah. 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 They didn't understand at the time opium addiction in that way. It right. was very scandalous. So, right. And uh, so, yes. The but priest- he, you know what? He knew enough that he knew he was loved by God. And it's interesting because we're going to talk a little bit more about, I think this is going to yes. come into play in our conversation with Barbara, but he knew enough that he was loved by the father and by the church. And he, he continued to, he continued to keep showing up. And that's a remarkable, remarkable because many people would get angry mm-hmm. and resentful and leave. Right. But he just still had that profound love. And, you know, for 30 years, he was unable to receive the sacraments but so therefore he knew then the only way he thought he the only way he could become um go to heaven was to to die a martyr yeah and so he seemed that that was the only way so in 1900 the boxer rebelled rebels began to turn against the foreigners and Christians and therefore he got his chance and he was rounded up with dozens of other Christians including his own six grandchildren and two daughters two two daughter-in-laws and they were in prison and you know they were saying in this article too that he was probably disgusting to the other prisoners yeah because he was an addict and he was looked down upon right um, but even though he was unable to beat his addiction, in the end, he was flooded with this grace of final perseverance, which I think is so beautiful. So no threat could shake him, no torture could shake him or make him waver. And he was just determined to follow the Lord and yep. never abandon him. Yep. Yep. Pretty amazing. So it's kind of that idea, you know, he just kept showing up. He did. He just didn't let it. He knew the Lord wasn't letting up on him. So he didn't let up either. Yes. And he yeah. even was an example to his grandchildren at the end. He asked to be beheaded last so he could walk with them to their their death. Ugh, wow. And then he died singing the litany of the Blessed Virgin Mary. How oh, beautiful I is didn't that? read that. Wow, that's yeah. that's interesting. And so, so here's the, the here's the hope for all of us. I mean yeah. he he was away from the sacraments and he still became a canonized saint. He yeah. still was dealing with the opium wow. addiction in the end, but still became canonized as yeah. a saint. So. so amazing. Well, and each week of this month of November, listeners, we are going to be bringing um, stories about different saints that you probably haven't heard of. You know, some of those uh, quieter saints. So very inspirational. Love that. And he's very inspirational because there's so much problems. You know, we see a lot of addictions today in today's world. So we now mm-hmm. have a saint mm-hmm. who can pr- intercede and pray saint for St. Mark G. Tianzing. Yang, right. I think I'm saying that right. Well, I'm sure that they would say it very differently. But, well, and we before we get started with Barbara, we need to say thank you to Cindy Schulte of Farm Bureau Financial Services for underwriting our show, Catholic Women Now. She is an independent agent for Blue Cross Blue Shield, and she is committing herself to helping you and your future and the things that matter most to you. So you can find her on the web at cindyschulte.com or 515-226-2111. Well, we welcome in Barbara Heil. She's a mother, wife, Catholic speaker, author, evangelist, and uh, friend, friend, and uh, doing great things for the Lord. So welcome, Barbara, and 
joining Catholic Women Now today. Thank you, and it's, good morning. It, good, mor- good morning. It's fun to have you back. You know, we talked a little bit about spiritual adoption the last time you were on. Mm-hmm. We're like, we've got to really dig into that a little bit better. So it's it's. I'm glad that we're talking about this. Um, tell the, our listeners again, what is spiritual adoption? Is it biblical? Is it, you know, should we listen to you, Barbara? <laughs> <laughs> Well, they, Tony would cut me off if it wasn't biblical. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> but um, it's it's what we celebrate when we go to Mass. We know that we've been adopted and become the, the daughters and sons of God, the children of God. So the scripture is full of references to our spiritual adoption. We've been talking about this a lot because even though we know that we are the children of God, and even though we know that he is our father, a lot of us still live like orphans even though we've been adopted. When we look at our scripture, when we look at their faith, we see that God wanted a family, and he creates Adam and Eve as as an extension of the Trinity, basically, out of the love of the Father and Son in the Trinity. Um, This is theology of the body, by the way. And uh, so the first family is created for a relationship uh, and, and to not just know each other, but to know the Father, to know God to walk in relationship and Satan comes to kill, steal and destroy. And he came to destroy the relationship between the children and the creator, the father. And it's interesting because when Jesus came, he's called the son of man and the son of God. And he's always referring to God as our father, the father, my father. And he's always pointing to the fact that he has a relationship with God where he's not just serving God, He's not just a servant of God. He's the son of God. And then we as believers, after Jesus goes to the cross and takes the penalty, takes sin for the whole world, he restores our ability to walk with God as father. It's one of the reasons that the religious hated him because of this father relationship that he had Hmm. with God. Hmm. When, when we were baptized, we literally were adopted by father. And I was sharing the other day um, in the Roman culture, which is what the New Testament, what was the prevailing culture during the time of the New Testament, the time of Jesus, when a child was born and they had a birth defect or it was the wrong sex, the father in the family, if the culture at that time could give that child away into slavery. He could sell that child. He could leave that child out for the wolves to eat it. He could take his daughters and drop them off at the local temple prostitutes and have her raised as a prostitute. He could do whatever he wanted with his children. He owned them. He owned his children. What an awful time. It was a terrible thing. But the Roman law at that time was if you adopted someone, however, you could never unadopt them. Once you adopted somebody, they were yours forever. Mm. They were they were part of your inheritance forever. Mm. They were part of your family forever. So Paul, in the book of Romans, chapter 8, talks about the Holy Spirit has been poured into our hearts. The Holy Spirit you received at baptism. The Holy Spirit you received at confirmation. And by that Spirit... We are now crying out, Abba, Father, because we have come into that adoption relationship with the Heavenly Father. In other words, because of Jesus Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit, we have been restored 
to the child-father relationship that God originally intended for us to walk in. And that is awesome. And so spiritual adoption to them would have meant so much more than even a natural birth. Yes, And a natural family connection. Absolutely. So when Paul's talking to the Romans Uh about this, and he's saying the Lord has adopted you, and and the Holy Spirit is the spirit of adoption within you, and by that spirit, everything in us cries out, Abba, Father, they got it. They understood this, and they understood that this meant they were partakers of their father's inheritance. So explain a little more about that, because, you know, know, people will say, I'm a daughter of the king or anything. But how is that lived out? How do we embrace that? Let's, you wear crowns. Julie. You wear crowns. Well, I've tried that. <laughs> and it's tiara. Not working. You can get your tiara out. I'm not the faking until you make it isn't <laughs> happening. <laughs> but I do want to point out there's a fabulous verse. It's in the Gospel of John, chapter one, verse twelve. And it says this To as many as receive him, to them he gives power to become the sons of God or the children of God, even as many as believe on his name. All of us that believe in Jesus Christ, that are walking in our Catholic faith, that are walking, trusting, entrusting our lives to God, he makes us his sons and daughters by adoption. We are now his. When we come into that adoption, we become the children of God. We are brought into the family of God. We are brought into the inheritance of God. Paul talks a lot about the inheritance that we have. I have an inheritance as a daughter of the king. I'm not just, uh, I like to say it this way, uh, a lot of times we have an idea that the world is an ant farm and God is just looking from the distance and just making sure benignly from a distance that everything's going okay. That is not God and that is not our relationship with him. He is father and we're brought into the same father relationship that Jesus had. So he gives us the prayer, our father who art in heaven. So part of our inheritance is the right to relationship. So it's like opening up your heart. Yes. Well, and you inherit his kingdom. You're inheriting. But his kingdom's not just in heaven. It's also on earth. That's part of the our father as well. It's his presence here. But the beautiful thing that Jesus restored to us is that God is our father. He's engaged with us. He longs for us. He names us. Let's go backwards just a little bit. Yeah, let's go to the Old Testament, the Father in, name. <laughs> in, the, in the Old Testament, which is the root of the New Testament and a foreshadow of everything that happens in the New Testament, the Father in the family would be the one who named. And in the Bible, names are really important. Did you know that Jesus' name means salvation? His name was chosen by the Heavenly Father. You shall call him Jesus. Jesus. Mm -hmm. The Father named his son, Jesus. Zechariah, the high priest, the priest. He's he's serving in the temple. He finds out the angel comes. Your wife, Elizabeth, is going to bear a son. There's a naming ceremony after John the Baptist is born. It's the eighth day, the day of circumcision. That is the day that the Hebrew fathers would bestow the name on their child, uh, saying what they felt that this child was going to be, who this child was. Because the name meant something. The name means something. So they all thought they were going to name, he was going to name the child 
Zachariah. Yeah. And he wrote, remember, he wrote on the tablet, uh -huh. his name is John, yeah. because the Father God was naming him. But then Zechariah, the Father, named him. So throughout the Old Covenant and the Old Testament, the fathers would name their children. And the names denoted character and nature. In Oh, what were you going to say? Oh, well, I have a question about that because, you know, in, um, when Abram was, or God called Abram out of Ur, he renamed him. He renamed him. But that him. was God the Father renaming him. Yes. So does, he re does God the Father rename us in some way? You know, actually in the book of Revelation, it tells us that the overcomers have all received a new name that only he knows. That is in the oh. Bible. Yes, absolutely. So he does rename us. And actually, listen. If I've been lost in sin, if I've been stuck in uh, habitual sin that I'm partaking of all the time, and I say, you know what, I'm just, I just, I can't get over this lying, I can't, I'm just a liar, or, so, you know, those lies that the enemy comes at us with and says, oh, you're, and we you're eat a them. loser, and we, and or we you're a liar, them. and we take these labels on ourselves. They're really false names. Right. A lot of our interior talk, a lot of our self-talk, what are we doing? We're, we're naming ourselves. We're agreeing with what uh, an ex-boyfriend named us or an old friend named us or what our circumstances said. You're a loser. You can't do anything right. Uh, you're a failure. You're never going to make it. Those are actually false names, false identities, and lies that if we listen to it long enough, we just think that's part of our personality, and we wrestle with that. The truth is, when I come to Christ with that, when I come to him in confession and I leave the sacrament of reconciliation, he changes my name. I'm no longer a liar. Now I'm truth teller. I'm no longer um, um, judgmental. Now I'm kindness. Uh -huh. And we can allow the Lord, who is our Heavenly Father, to name us our true nature, who we really are, instead of what the enemy is trying to tell us that we are. So whenever Sorry. they change names, there's been a change of heart, or some, like from Saul to Paul, or right. Sarah to Sarah. It has to do with their character. Yeah. So, but they're new. And so yes, Abram became Abraham, father of many nations. Sarai became Sarah. Let's look at uh, Jacob. Jacob was a liar. He was deceitful. He was, he robbed his brother. I mean, mm -hmm. this would still today be a major family yes. rift. Um, he is renamed by God when he comes to the Lord and he brings his, he surrenders to, to God. God renames him and he went from being a liar and deceiver to prince of God. He was renamed by the father. And Israel, is, is that correct? Israel, yeah. Israel, Prince, Prince okay. of God. Is what a Israel. freeing concept. Absolutely. Freedom. That's a freedom. Well, and in my life, I wasn't raised in the faith. I had a true conversion experience. And when I came to meet Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and surrendered my life to him, you know, he was faithful. I wasn't Catholic, but I believed in Jesus. I'd had no teaching and no training, but I called in his name and he still heard me and he totally transformed my life. And I went from being a person who lived in deep shame to a person who lived in the, in the rest of knowing that the father loved me and he changed my name he changed my identity mm -hmm. he changed who i was and i understood i wasn't an orphan any longer i wasn't alone it wasn't all up to but me but you were an adopted a good heir father. of his i'm an, an heir of heir. jesus christ so what is the inheritance that i've received what is the inheritance that we have 
uh, it's the sacraments is part of our inheritance. But our inheritance is also, uh, the Bible talks about we are joint heirs with Christ. He is our elder brother in the kingdom. He's the firstborn of a brand new creation. Think about that. Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, when he rose from the dead, rose for the, the firstborn, the new Adam, the last Adam. Yes. There's not going to be another yeah, one. Right. He's the last yeah. Adam, the firstborn of a brand new creation. And he's our brother. Mm-hmm. And so he brings, so the spirit of adoption brings us in and we get to enjoy relationship with father also. And again, Paul says, now we are joint heirs with Christ. What does Christ have? Well, he's the prince of peace. He has all peace. So I, my inheritance is peace. And he has my, gifts. He has gifts. gifts. My inheritance is joy. My uh-huh, inheritance yeah. is, is being a witness. My inheritance is being an overcomer. My inheritance is walking in the love of Christ. Yes. Any attribute that Christ has that we consider the riches of Christ, I am a, fel- I am a partaker of that same inheritance. What's his is also, it's the church's, it's ours. When we partake of the sacraments, that's what we're doing. We're accessing our part of our inheritance through those sacraments. I love that. Especially the, the especially the Eucharist, we're accessing heaven. Right. Heaven's exactly. Yes. And well, so tell, us, yeah. tell us about the um, orphan mentality, well, though, so people can recognize yeah, what you that looks that. like. because you mentioned that. Well, and I just, you were no longer an orphan. I so. was just talking with somebody this morning who's in Peru on a, on a mission right now. And we were talking about somebody that was just in a lot of striving and they were really unhappy. They're Christian, but they're really unhappy and they're, they're fighting with everybody at the mission and just kind of striving. And we can get into that and what it is. What do you mean by striving? Working hard, pushing hard, um, thinking everything's up to you. Okay. Boy, that doesn't our culture fuel that. And our, yeah. and our culture teaches us to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. It's only you. You can only count on yourself. That, my friends, is an orphan mentality. Mm-hmm. You are not alone. You are not alone. You're not all by yourself. It's not all up to you. You have a good, good father who is with you, who is for you who will lead you. You have the Holy Spirit. You have your brother, Jesus, who will lead you and guide you. So when we get this idea that I've got to fight for what's mine, Uh uh that's an orphan heart. How do you overcome that? We we overcome that by getting into the Word of God, um, really accepting the fact that we are radically supernaturally deeply loved by the father he chose us he chose us and this is what i want our listeners to know there's nobody here that's an accident there's nobody here there's nobody listening there's nobody in des moines that god did not see before they were born and he chose us the book of ephesians tells us he chose us before the foundations of the world that we should bring glory and honor to god psalm 1 39 that we read a lot the anti-abortion chapter right, is what right, i call right, it right. but it's not just anti-abortion it's describing you you were saying to the lord you knew me before i was in my mother's womb what you saw me while i was being formed and you wrote a book of my days before i'd even lived a day what does that mean that means that the father longed for me it means he longed for you Okay, it means so he desires you. He wants to be in relationship with you. And you're not an outcast. You're not an orphan. And he loves you. And when I know he loves me, love casts out all fear. 
all my problems and all of our issues mostly are based on a fear of being unloved, overlooked, or failing. Well, if you truly you... believe that God is your father, what's to be afraid of if exactly. God is your father? And you matter. In anything, and you, you matter. matter. And you know where you're going. And you have a purpose. Yeah. You know and where you have you're a going. destiny. Mm -hmm. So anybody that's listening, if, if you, you know, I so I meet people all the time and they'll, they'll pull me aside for private prayer and they'll say, you know, I was told I was an accident or I was told my parents had to get married. And every time we go to this family reunion, that one uh -huh. uncle always says some because joke, you know, just, yeah, to my with our words. and they're like, you know, I just feel so small and it becomes an issue. And, and I want you to know that's a lie from the enemy. It does not matter what the circumstances mm -hmm. were of your birth. You were planned by God. You were desired by God. And just like in the very beginning of creation, when he created the animals and he said, it is good. And he created the plants. It is good. Mm -hmm. And he plant, created mankind. And he said, it is good. He saw you in your mother's womb and still said, it is good. And still says. And he still says, mm -hmm. it is good. And I just love how he breathed into us before we took our own breath. Well, mm -hmm. he breathed into us before we took our own breath. And also, it just like the saint of the day that you just read about. He has he had an addiction in his life, but he still loved God, yeah. and he was still loved by God, and he and, trusted, and he trusted, he trusted that. Yeah. But Romans five tells me, while we were still sinners, he died for me. Mm -hmm. He died for me before I knew him. He died for me before I ever went to reconciliation. I've looked at that. You know, I've thought about that um, in the part of my life where I was so far away from the church. Jesus still died for me he was still dying you know he was there during my sin sinful times mm -hmm. and he, it's his, he, he has loving me he has always loved you and yeah. it's his desire to break the lies off of our life that says we're not good enough we're not worth it uh, break any lies of shame off of our lives that the enemy has used to keep us in an orphan mentality the orphan mentality that says i'm not good enough i gotta work harder i gotta prove myself if i don't do it nobody else will it's all up to me i'm all alone. I like it. I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to, because we are getting to the end here, I'm going to leave the listeners with this one verse that I think will help you. If, you, if you've got to have one verse to help you remember that this you're in it. there. This is Romans the 8 verses 14 through 17. Memorize it. Romans, and I'm not going to read it right now, but go read it. Oh, there we go. <laughs> well, we're bumping up against the clock. So Barbara, thank you so much for sharing this My with pleasure. us. My so, pleasure. All right. Well, this is Catholic Women Now. We're grateful for the support of Fred Haas Law Offices. And should we close with a prayer? Yes. In the, name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear good and gracious God, thank you for all your gifts. But most of all, thank you for your great love for us and never giving up on us. And we turn ourselves to our hearts to you and transform us. Our hearts are yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The Father Amen. and the Son. And the Holy Iowa Spirit. Catholic Radio Rosary is up next. Thank you for listening. And we ask you always to consider praying for us and making a tax deductible donation to Iowa Catholic Radio as we continue to teach, evangelize, and defend our Catholic faith. Now go do impossible things with God. Talking about the things that matter most to you. Today's Catholic Women. Catholic Women Now with Julie Nelson and Chris McGruder is underwritten by Fred Haas, 
Over 30 years helping injured Iowans recover losses from accidents and work-related injuries. Fred Double D, Haas Double A. Learning Rx, finding the right solution to give your child a foundation that can last a lifetime. And Farm Bureau agent Cindy Schulte, a licensed representative of Blue Cross Blue Shield of Iowa. CindySchulte.com. Catholic Women Now with Julie Nelson and Chris Magruder every Thursday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. On the radio voice for Catholic Women Now. 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, and 94.5 FM, Iowa Catholic Radio.